Hi, I'm Caitlin. Hi, I'm Rebecca. We're not from Memphis, but we love it. Welcome to Memphis Type History, the podcast. So today on Memphis Type History, the podcast, you have Caitlin here with Julie McCullough, who runs an Instagram feed that Rebecca and I are pretty obsessed with, and it is at This Place in History. So go look at it and just scroll through and see all the lovely houses and histories that she posts while you listen to her uh, talk about it today, because I am here with Julie. Hi, Julie. Hey. All right. So let's dive right in and uh, tell us about yourself and your Instagram feed at This Place in History. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm actually a teacher. I teach Clue, which is the gifted program for Shelby County Schools. And This Place in History has been sort of a hobby or an outlet for me. I'm having a lot of fun with it and I really enjoy history in general, American history and um, specifically Memphis history. And I'd be happy to tell you how I started my passion for Memphis history. Yeah. Tell me what types of things you post and how the way you got started in all this, like how that plays into what you choose to post. Because I mean, there's I mean, there's so much history, you know. So what inspired you to create the feed and the focus that you have? The start of my Instagram page was twofold, I think. Um, A couple summers ago, I was, like I said, I'm a teacher, so I don't do much during the summer, as I think is most deserved. And I discovered a show on the History Channel called American Pickers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And it's two two guys, uh, Mike Wolf and Frank Fritz, just drive around the country looking through old warehouses and old homes with a bunch of random things that they buy and resell. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. Fell in love with the show. I thought, that is my passion, American history. And I never, ever thought that. Like, that was not my favorite subject in school. But I think that show (laughs) really sparked a passion for me for American history. Secondly, in terms of Memphis history... My great-great-grandfather was a Memphis police officer shot and killed in the line of duty in 1894. And when I started researching that story, I just got drawn in and further in and further in and did more research. And after reading about him, that's really what uh, sparked the whole Memphis history thing. My brother is an architect And so I kind of got to thinking about old houses, and um, it was a combination of factors, but that was sort of lacking, I thought, on Instagram, and I thought it would be a a great idea. And it started out as being just featuring historic homes that are on the National Registry, and then I branched out a little bit, and now I'll do a little bit of things from Elmwood, and I might do like a, just a black and white photo of before and after, you know, then and now. Um, I have branched out and gone to other southern cities, mostly southern, and featured historic homes. But Memphis has such a plethora of, of those, so I didn't do tend to um, stick with Memphis, but I do branch out, like I said. I like the ones where it's a different city, but it's still related to Memphis, too. Like, those are fun. (laughs) Yes. Well, it seems like a lot of the houses that I do have some sort of Civil War connection, especially Holly Springs. Holly Springs has got a real rich history with the Civil War, and they have tons of beautiful historic homes, and it's just about 40 minutes from Memphis. So I like to feature Holly Springs as well. So you mentioned maybe a little bit why the focus being homes 
more or less on the feed. Do you, I mean, do you live in an old house or have you always really liked them? Or was it really that experience of American pickers and researching and then realizing how many homes uh, and, and, you know, architectural inspiration there was around that really sparked it? Or have you always kind of been into them? No, I haven't. Actually, at the beginning of this, after starting my Instagram page, I realized that I live in a neighborhood that is designated um, as a National Historic Neighborhood, and my home is on the National Historic Registry. It was built in 1940. I live in East Bunton neighborhood, which... Oh, that's a great neighborhood. Yeah. Some people call it Midtown, I think. I disagree. Um, (laughs) We can't get into that here. We've already covered it. (laughs) Um, You just covered that with Mark. No, but it's it's a really great neighborhood for just getting a sense of that time period, I guess, maybe like late 20s into the 60s of what housing trends and things like that looked like at that time just to walk around it. So I think it's actually kind of like a little pocket of history that I think a lot of people don't think about because you have Cooper Young and like a a couple other places where you can go and see what are clearly like old houses. Right. So yeah, talk more about East Mutt neighborhood for sure, because I think people need to go in there more. (laughs) Um, Well, my house was built in 1940. And we have a lot of the craftsman style bungalows. I believe the majority of them were built between 1920 and 1940. I mean, I consider it the U of M area. Yeah. But it's perfect for location. It's the perfect location because it's centrally located. I'm right down the street from Midtown. I'm right down the street from East Memphis. I have my little radius of places that I go in terms of grocery and whatnot. Um, So I enjoy being in this neighborhood. It's it's a nice neighborhood. Cool. Any interesting history about your house that you were able to uncover by any chance? No, but I did have a friend buy me the plaque to place on the front of my home that says this house is is designated on the National Registry of Historic Places. So I'm sure before if I decide to sell, I will have to put that on the front to possibly increase my uh, home value. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. It's like legit now. (laughs) Yeah, it's totally legit. (laughs) Well, I think you're going to tell me some stories, right, of some of the interesting Memphis homes that you have come across and put on your Instagram feed. And uh, I'm just, I'm ready to hear some stories. I like being told stories. Okay, great. (laughs) Well, the first two stories I have um, um, involve Front Street. Uh, It's not a house, no, but I particularly love the street in terms of Memphis streets. I'm really excited we haven't covered it yet. Great, great. Um, Well, first, as I said, my great-great-granddad. He was had only been on the force for like three months, I think. He was 30 years old, and he was around that area near Bill Street. And a woman came up to him and said, Oh, my God, just stole a dollar from me and my watch. So that was a big deal, apparently, back then in 1894. (laughs) And um, he took off and started chasing the guy. And the guy turned around and shot him. And he fell right there. The the newspaper says he fell in a pool of blood at the corner of Beale and Front. So you know how back then in in the newspapers, it's all flowery and romanticized. Um, So I have some copies of those old old newspaper articles. And um, I believe one of them said that the citizens of West Memphis came to to help the police to catch the guy. His name was Charlie Epps. And uh, because he crossed the river and escaped. 
And um, they ended up catching him, and he did get life in prison. Unfortunately, my grandfather passed away um, that morning at his home on 2nd Avenue. And I have a picture of him in my home, and I'm very proud of it. Just proud of the fact that I have an ancestor that served the city in that way. Another Front Street story I have is that at one point I lived in Gayosa House Apartments. And I was just walking around downtown one day and happened to notice a plaque on the side of the Cotton Exchange building. And it was a poem. And I just fell in love with it. And I I don't think it, I think it just said Front Street at the top, but I call it Ode to Front Street because it was talking about all the horrible things that Front Street has seen. But then the wonderful things, you know, the beauty and the horror and the blood and the this and the that. But in the end, it's our Front Street. And it really spoke to me because in in many ways, it kind of paralleled my life at the time. I lived on Front Street. My great-great-grandfather had been killed on Front Street. I actually was a victim of assault on Front Street. So the poem really spoke to me. And I ran out to the art store, got one of those charcoal, like a gold charcoal crayon, and did a rubbing of it. And it's hanging in my house today, matted and framed, and I'm very proud of that. So I did a little research on the guy, the poet, and um, come to find out he was big in the cotton industry, of course, in the 20s and 30s. I believe it was after his death. His name was William Johnstone Britton. And it was after his death, some friends of his gathered his poems together and made a book. And it's called Front Street, A Book of Poems. (laughs) So I bought that book, and it's the original book. It's really cool. And he has just a bunch of poems about life back then on Front Street when cotton was king, as I like to say. What an interesting glimpse into history through poetry. That's so cool. Yes, and there's something that I wanted to read. I wanted to read to you the very end of that poem, just so that you have an idea of Again, I like to call it Ode to Front Street because he's kind of paying homage to the street. Yeah. He says, But with memories of the past crowding around me thick and fast, I want to stay until the very last on Front Street. Wow. (laughs) That is so interesting. I'll get the link and put the link in the show notes for people who want to find the book and see that because I think that's pretty cool. Whether you've ever lived on French Street or not, you know, like I also like that when history sort of intersects with your life in a way. Yes, that was that moment (laughs) when I read that poem. History was intersecting with my life. Yeah, for sure. And that's something that um, that is really special about these little pieces of history that are all around, I think. That's why I also like talking to people like you. And we've done another episode with At Mid-Century Memphis, which is another Instagram feed that we really like a lot. Um, just because I think, you know, even by exploring and sharing what you learn, you know, you never know when those things will intersect with somebody, just like that point intersected with you. So do you want to hear about some other houses that I've featured that I... Oh, yeah. Tell me all the things. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, so one of my all-time favorite homes in Memphis is the Molly Fontaine House on Adams Avenue in Victorian Village. It has a special place in my heart. One, because it's a restaurant slash bar that I frequent. (laughs) Um, Two, it's just gorgeous. It's that Victorian style, that beautiful dark red brick 
um, very intricate details on the front. And the idea of having a restaurant and a bar in a historic home like that to me is just cool and very unique to Memphis. I believe that um, Fontaine, Mr. Fontaine, who owned the house across the street, Woodruff Fontaine House, he bought Molly Fontaine House, well, for his daughter Molly as, as a um, wedding gift for the couple. So Some wedding gift. They got married on Valentine's Day and had their reception in the home, and I'm sure it was quite lovely. I think that's it for Molly's. <laughs> do you know how many rooms <laughs> and anything like that? I do know there are three floors, but there are only two floors that are open for customers for the restaurant. There's a bar downstairs and a bar upstairs. Um, I've been hanging out there for years. It's said, said to be haunted, of course, by the ghost of Molly. Why would she be haunting it? Do you know the story? No, unfortunately, I don't. I think she died there, but I'm not sure. I get it kind of mixed up with the Woodruff Fontaine house a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were two Mollies. There was a Molly Woodruff who lived in the Woodruff Fontaine house and then Molly Fontaine. Yeah. So it can get confusing. Yeah, that Molly name was popular back in the day, I guess. Yeah, and um, they're (laughs) spelled the same as well. And because both families at one point owned and lived in that one house, I've actually seen several places where the two Mollies have been combined in like, a story about them or something and the, mm-hmm. the person just accidentally sort of combined them. So it's a little tricky. <laughs> yeah. So Molly Fontaine house, that's part of Victorian village. And I know there are a lot of beautiful homes to go look at over there. So have you done a lot of posts or anything on Victorian village already? What, you know, I mean, that's kind of where you would go for some of those like well-known Memphis mansions. Can you talk a little bit about that neighborhood? Right. Well, actually, my very first post, it was kind of happenstance because I was riding down Central with my sister headed to the U Club. And I thought I saw the castle to the left. And I said, that's it. I've got to have a pick. And it was a horrible rainy day. But I thought, oh, well, it's the castle. The castle's kind of dreary anyway. We stopped. I snapped a pick. And that was my very first post. I think that's so appropriate. I love it. And I said something like, I'm going to start my journey here at the castle. And a year later, I did a picture of the back of the castle for my anniversary post. Um, But anyway, after that photo, I went straight to Victorian Village because I was thinking, you know, I'm going to start with the big guns in terms of historic homes in Memphis. And the first street I thought of was Adams Avenue and not necessarily just Victorian Village. I did go straight there. But Adams, even all the way down to the river, has got beautiful historic homes. Um, But yes, I did start out with Woodruff Fontaine House, Mallory Neely House, Molly Fontaine, James Lee. And then later I went down and got some of those Italianate homes that are now law offices, which I think are beautiful as well. Cool. So any other houses that you particularly want to share about? Well, like I said, Holly Springs, just like Memphis, well, not, not just like Memphis, but Holly Springs has a plethora of historic homes and unique historic homes, particularly in the Victorian style. And Victorian, all all types of Victorian are my favorite. I I really don't like Tudor, but there are other styles that I do not like, and I'm drawing a blank (laughs) on. Oh, federal style, boring, Greek revival, 
Boring. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry to all those people that own beautiful Greek revival homes out there. They're gorgeous. But it it seems like, you know, like especially in Central Gardens, there's just tons of them. And I'm just not a fan of the Tudor style either. I love the, you know, late 1800s Victorians, the Italianates, the Romanesque. Romanesque to me is kind of like a dirty Victorian, you know, similar to Tennessee Brewery, if you will, you know, with that dirty, dark brick and and the arches. I love that. Nice, nice. In Holly Springs, there's this beautiful Gothic style pink home. It's called Airlywood, and it has kind of a cool story behind it. There was a guy, his name was William Henry Cox, and uh, Airlywood was built in the 1850s. And he had lots of extravagant parties there. Of course, there's a Civil War connection. Uh, General Grant, Ulysses S. Grant, and his family stayed there for a year while uh, they occupied Holly Springs. Wow. Anyway, after the war, this Henry, William Henry Cox, fell on hard times. And one night he was depressed, got drunk, got on his horse, and attempted to climb the stairwell on his horse. And Whoa. they fell, and the horse fell on top of him, and he died. Whoa. Not funny, but interesting. No, yeah. It was also interesting getting to a spot where I could take a picture of that home, because you, a lot of those homes in Holly Springs, you can't see from the street because the trees have just kind of overgrown in front of them. And the home's owned by Rust College. So I believe the president of Rust College might live there right now and that they also rent it out for events. But private property, I guess I was trespassing, and the fence was like part barbed wire, some other kind of material that was not, you know, climb worthy, if you will. Wow, yeah. <laughs> so I had a challenge getting over the fence and getting to a spot to take a quick couple shots there. But um, that was one of my favorites in terms of beauty of the home and just the story behind it. Have you managed to get access to any of the houses that you've really wanted to take a picture of or go inside or anything like that? Or do you just try to kind of snap and go? I have. And and some of my trips uh, to cities outside of of Tennessee, um, I've had a planned visit for homes that I featured where I was able to walk in and and speak with a a curator or what have you. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Like I, I always have seen houses and I just want to go inside so bad. And like, mm-hmm. see, and I, I go in the ones that are open, like as museums, but to me, it's not the same. I kind of want to see how someone is living in the house. Nosy like that, I guess. <laughs> what makes you want to feature a home? It kind of depends. I think initially I'm drawn to the clear age of a home based on how it looks because mid-century modern, I guess, to me is just ugly. <laughs> A lot of modern, I I don't know. I guess I like, I like the idea of an old home with modern conveniences. Yeah, 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 yeah. If if, (laughs) if I could, you know, if I were to win a million dollars, I would use it to renovate and preserve an old home and um, bring in some modern uh, conveniences. Yeah. So you're looking for something that's old. And then are you driving around and like finding houses and then like plugging the address in and doing research? Or are you looking for interesting places first and then going to them? If I know I happen to be driving through a specific town, 
I'll do a search. I'll just Google National Register Little Rock, and it'll give me a list of neighborhoods and specific homes that are on that list. And so usually I start with something like that. I go to the home, assuming I'm able to get a decent photo. (laughs) I'll use it. And a lot of times for me, the history, if there's a story there, to me, that's more interesting than the picture itself. You know, I've heard people say, Instagram's all about photos and people just swipe, 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 swipe. But a lot of times the human element to me can be more interesting than just the house itself. I agree. I like to read the history behind it personally as well. I like when there's a story. And so I get really excited when I hear somebody say, I read about the so-and-so house. I said, you actually read? Yeah, I think more people probably are reading it than then you realize. I've done some collaborations, you know, with an artist who does pencil sketches. Her name's Lisa James. And she has an Instagram page called at Pencil Portraits by Lisa. And so uh, we realized that actually she found a picture of a home in Central Gardens that I featured on my page that she had drawn. So we came together and ended up doing like a side-by-side or a top-bottom to where you could see the my picture with her drawing. So we've done that several times. That's cool. And then if I didn't happen to have a picture of a home, a lot of times she had her actual picture that she started out with it when she drew, and we would just both post it on each other's pages. So you mentioned that, I say, so you go to other cities, and then... Um, You also mentioned that you'll kind of maybe do something like an Elmwood post or something like that. And I've also seen some churches on your feed. What attracts you to the churches? I think probably the size, the age, the beauty of a church definitely attracts me. Um, I've mentioned Holly Springs. I go back to Holly Springs time and time again (laughs) in our conversation because I don't think there's a church in Holly Springs that's not beautiful and historic. You know, the stained glass, the steeples. I mean, there's just something about churches in places like Holly Springs that that tend to be beautiful. And they always have a story. There's always some interesting history behind a church. Have there Has there been one recently that you particularly enjoyed the architecture, the story, anything like that? One day I happened to be driving down Poplar and just a minor tidbit, if you're driving west on Poplar, right past Manassas. That is the most beautiful view of the bridge that there is, period, (laughs) in my opinion. But right there past Manassas, headed toward downtown on Poplar, is St. Mary's Episcopal on the right. And I don't think I intended to go there to take a picture. I just saw it and stopped. Hashtag, I pulled over for this. (laughs) There just happens to be a, a parking lot across the street. So for a house or church stalker like myself, that's the perfect opportunity because nobody wants to, you know, get out in the middle of Poplar Avenue to try to take a picture. So I pulled over um, to the parking lot and shot this church. And it was just the perfect day, the perfect lighting, the perfect sun, and the perfect church. It's gorgeous. It's just got beautiful stained glass, beautiful red doors. And then when I started reading the history of it, I was drawn in more and more. That church is where the nuns that started the group that uh, helped out a lot with the yellow fever epidemic of 1878, that's where those uh, nuns started. Ah. I I think they were known as the martyrs of Memphis. 
Anyway, there were four nuns, and they're buried together at Elmwood, laying down so that it makes a cross. Wow. It's really odd the way that they buried them. But they were part of the group known as the Howard Association, I believe, that um, did a lot for um, yellow fever victims in Memphis in in 1878. the Martyrs of Memphis. Wow. And it's a beautiful church. Yes, it's gorgeous. That's so interesting. Definitely have to go to Homewood and see that. So someone has like an interest in something in particular, like old homes or, you know, um, you know, your interests are old homes, old churches, that sort of thing. If they have some kind of interest in something history related, architecture related, whatever, and they're interested in exploring it and sharing it. How would you recommend that they get started on that uh, journey? We can say journey. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would depend on the particular interest. I started researching online, and that's basically how I got, you know, my information. You know, you can Google the address of any house, and you're going to find something. A lot of times you'll get a Google Earth shot of the home and at a bare minimum you can get the the year built every now and then you know kind of depending on the the real estate agent i guess you might get a little snippet of of history um i featured a home recently in columbia tennessee and the information that i got was from the real estate site very smart and there was (laughs) there was history about the home and it was interesting history and if someone wants to start exploring really cool Memphis homes, what places would you suggest they start at? Or just buildings, I guess. doesn't have to be homes. I would have to say downtown because that's where the city started. And in my opinion, that's where the most attractive historic architecture is, homes and buildings. So I'm about to ask Julie some uh, fun rapid fire questions. Before that, I want to give you the show notes link where you can see some pictures of what we talked about. You can link up to Julie's Instagram at This Place in History and all the regular good show notes stuff. That is at memphistypehistory.com slash place in honor of this place in history today. So you ready for rapid fire? I guess. <laughs> They're just silly. Don't worry. All right, here we go. Okay. You have to choose a Memphis home to live in for the rest of all eternity, and you can never leave. Which one do you choose? Okay, I would have to say I can't pick one home in Memphis. If I had to live in any home for eternity in Memphis, it would need to be a a historic building. I'd prefer exposed brick. It'd be really cool if it was like a warehouse with some cool history, uh, but with modern conveniences, of course. Does that exist? I think it does. (laughs) I think it does. It's just not in my price range right now. <laughs> well, price is not of a concern. You can, it's right, for eternity. Right. So I thought you were going to say Molly Fontaine house, maybe. Uh, well, that would be <laughs> cool too. But it might be haunted. So I don't want to live in a haunted house. That's true. All right. <laughs> if you were to make a movie about any Memphis home, which one would you make a movie about and why? I think a home that's very interesting that that I haven't spoken about is Ansdale Mansion because it's so beautiful. It's so gorgeous. And and when I featured it on my on my page on, on this place in history, I mentioned something like, I'm embarrassed to say that I've never heard of this place. I'd never seen it because it's tucked away up on that hill behind all those trees on a street that you might not expect a home like that. <laughs> 
on Lamar. It's got a wonderful history and it's just beautiful. I think it's used as an event space now for weddings and special events. Uh, I've never been inside. I'd love to go. (laughs) If you could bring back any Memphis home that's no longer with us, which one would you bring back? I'd really like to see the castle be brought back to its former glory. And you know what Memphis needs that we don't have is a quality, nice karaoke bar. Ooh, (laughs) yes. And if if y'all don't know, by the castle, we're talking about Ashler Hall. So (laughs) it's that, I mean, it's the only castle, but, you know, just in case you're not in Memphis and you're listening to this, we're talking about Ashler Hall. Yes. Would be a great venue for just karaoke. High-end karaoke. Yeah. Oh, man. And that would, like, be so perfect to go in in with the history of the place, too. Like, Exactly. Oh, that's a perfect fit. It's a great location, too. Centrally located. Yeah. That's that's my new dream. Yeah, I'm going to wait. I want you to make that happen. I'm waiting on it now. I'll keep you up to date. You're being forced to change your name to a Memphis street. Which one is it? I think Madison would be a cool name. Plus, it kind of goes with my last name. Right? Madison McCullough? Yeah. I'm a history buff, of course, and I really like presidential history. And James Madison, hey, fourth (laughs) president. Also, Madison Avenue has my second favorite bar in Memphis. Which is? (laughs) First First being Ernestine and Hazel's. Number two is the Blue Monkey on Madison. So, yeah, Madison McCullough. I think that works. I like it. I like it. And just like Mark mentioned... Madison still has its character, unlike Union. Yeah. I, Madison is one of my favorite streets. It's very cool. It's got a nice mix of... Oh, it's very eclectic. I like it. Very. Uh, last one. If you could live in any time period ever, which historical era would you choose? I think I would love to live in the early 1900s. Uh, maybe the 20s, when women kind of started to wear what they wanted and go out in public and dance and drink and smoke. No, I don't smoke. I do have a glass of, I (laughs) I do have a cocktail on occasion. Sorry. But I think that was probably a fun period for women and very liberating. Yeah. You could be all sorts of things. You could be the woman that was... uh... Got known for driving her own car or the flapper or the, I mean, there's just the suffragette. I mean, there's so many, so many options. Aviator. Yeah. Aviator. Yeah. It's like a choose your own adventure of freedom. Yeah. That would be a cool period. Very nice. Very nice. Well, thanks for being with us today, Julie, of at this place in history on Instagram. Everyone go give her a follow. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I've really enjoyed talking with you and learning more about how you explore Memphis history and feeling inspired to go look. I mean, I always loved driving around and looking at houses, but uh, I think it'll be something top on my list next time I'm in town for sure. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. This has been Memphis Type History, the podcast. We like your type. You've been listening to Memphis Type History, the podcast. It would mean so much to us if you head over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. Be sure to subscribe and never miss an episode. Want to be part of Memphis Type History and get behind the scenes content, merch, and more? Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Memphis Type History. That's Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Memphis Type History. 
Find more Memphis Type History on our blog at memphistypehistory.com, on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest as Memphis Type History, and on Twitter at Memphis Type. For all you listeners out there, I just want to send out a quick shout out to our supporters on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. You've probably heard us mention it at the end of every episode because we cannot survive uh, after a certain amount of time uh, unless you help support us uh, because when the run- money runs out, that means we're going to have to stop. And the truth is, is we don't we don't want to um, necessarily stop because there's so much information in Memphis to cover. And you can be one of those supporters for just $1 a month. That's all it takes. It's, it's as little as that $1 a month. Uh, and if we get enough of you to do that, we can cover all our expenses. If you feel really generous, you can donate more than that. You can donate up to a thousand a month if you really want to. Five dollars, ten dollars. Go to patreon.com, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash Memphis type history. Check out the goodies that you can get for being a supporter. And like I said, with just a dollar, you get something. Moral of the story. Support us. Go to patreon.com. Patreon.com slash Memphis Type History. Look at the stash of goodies we have to offer. Decide which one you want most to make your heart the most happy. And just know that your heart's happy make our hearts happy. Thank you.